Welcome to The Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Being a dad is awesome and telling dad jokes is uh, right up there with one of the most fun things to do as a dad. But all jokes aside, the reality is being a dad is no joke. And that's the title of my message today. Being a dad is no joke. I don't plan on speaking too long, but I trust that what I share will inspire and help you this morning. Whether you're a dad, whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, whether you're a Christian or whether you're visiting for the first time today because you've been invited because of the baby dedications or some other reason, you are so welcome here. And I trust that there's something for everyone as I share today. Can we one more time put our hands together for those who are visiting for the very first time? It's great that you could be with us today. What, what I've found is that the conversation I've had with people about their dad is very polarising. I've found that it invokes the warmest and most hostile of responses. I've been a pastor for many, many years and invariably as I get to know people, we start talking about their family and uh, we start talking about uh, mums and uh, dads. And when I mention the dad, there is a warmth and there is a recoil. Talking about dads is very polarising. For me, when I talk about my dad, is I, I do it with such joy. I do it with such incredible memories. This morning, I went through all these photos of my dad and I, 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 there's one I put up every year. It's just my favourite uh, dad-son photo and it involves a little bare bottom of mine. And so uh, if you want to get on Instagram and see... Not that, because I've blotted it out. But anyway, there's that. And, and then there's my dad at 74 years of age, looking as strong and as fit as ever. And uh, then there's one of my most favourite photos when he's in his 20s. Uh, there's just so many incredible memories that I have of my dad. So many incredible conversations. I worked for my dad as a sign writer for over 12 years and uh, stood next to him most of those days, sign writing and talking, sign writing and talking. I love my dad. I have fond memories of dad. So if you want to talk to me about dad, I'm telling you it's going to invoke the warmth, the warmest of feelings that you can imagine. But I realise that is not true for many people today. And I don't want to use my incredible upbringing to rub anyone's nose in it. I don't want to cause my upbringing to bring any condemnation whatsoever there, but for the grace of God, I feel that I was born into an incredible family and I'm just so grateful to that. I know that's not everyone's story this morning. And so I really want to be sensitive to this particular subject because for many others, it's not so great. So many of today's issues are rooted in their relationship with their father. And that's why we call them daddy issues. I believe society today is paying taxes on people's daddy issues. And uh, this is uh, not helpful. It's very unhealthy, but it is our reality. And a big part of my life and a big part of our pastoral team, when we get to the root issue, it comes down to the relationship they had or more importantly, did not have with their fathers. In actual fact, Harvard University psychologist Samuel uh, Osherson says this, he concludes that if you don't come to terms with your past relationships, especially with your parents, you may be condemned to reproduce them. In other words, we may become in essence the parents we swore we would never be. He goes on to say and describe the remote sadness in his relationship with his own father and broadens that to conclude that very few men report a close and secure relationship with their fathers. Most men feel 
that their, lack, uh, their fathers lack the emotional strength to tolerate openness with their sons. It's a man's world. It's a man's world of work, solitary pursuits and isolation. He says, as a researcher, he explains how man's early and ongoing relationship with his father shapes the intimacy and the work dilemmas men coming of age face today. And as a therapist, he is compelled with a theological urgency to heal the wounded father that men carry around inside of them. And these men can become more loving, nurturing in relationships with their own children. I don't know about you, but many of us have probably set out to not be like their father and many years down the track find out they've become just like their father. Again, there's no such thing as a perfect human father. Some do it better than others, but no one is perfect. Thank God. And one of my, my incredible uh, gratitudes to God is that He is a perfect Heavenly Father. I had a great earthly role model, but my dad was not perfect. As a father, I am not perfect. There's not a perfect dad in this place. But as a Christian, I am so grateful that I serve and have given my life to a perfect father. I'm so grateful for that. And the Bible is full of incredible examples for us to follow. In actual fact, the Bible is full of incredible stories of what not to do when it comes to fathering. But it's also full of incredible stories of what to do. And I wanna look at one of those examples this morning and I wanna jump into the Old Testament this morning and we wanna look at the life of a man by the name of Abraham. Everyone say Abraham. Abraham, if you've been in church for a period of time, is affectionately known as Father Abraham. And you can't say Father Abraham without thinking of the song because he had many sons. Many sons did Father Abraham. I am one of them and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. Right? It's a great song. It's something that will never leave me. It's just, it's just etched in my brain forever. And if you went to Sunday school back in the day, that song will be forever etched in your mind. But the thing that he was known for is that he was, uh, had incredible faith. And he was known as the father of our faith. He was known for his faith in God and the subsequent blessing because of that faith. But can I just say this? The blessing didn't come without a cost. The blessing didn't come without a price. And can I say this? The blessing never comes without a price. If you want the blessing, if you want a great home, if you want to be a great dad, if you want to be a great wife, if you want to be a great son or daughter, there is a cost to greatness. And Abraham knew the cost of the blessing that he received. And I wanna read a portion of Scripture that's based on his life that is one of those moments in time as a parent that we will all face from time to time. It's the awkward, difficult moments that we would rather not face. And yet it was an incredible moment in the life of Abraham. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter 22. Genesis is the very first book in the Bible. And I wanna read 18 verses with you. So we're just gonna settle in. You can follow it on the screen or follow it on your iPad or your, your iPhone or your, your old school Bible. The only thing you can't read your Bible on is an Android phone because Android just is not compatible with anything or anyone. My advice to you, if you have an Android phone, just chuck it away. Not really, but hey, just, oh, yes, there's, there's, there's a believer out there, amen. Amen. Okay, so Genesis chapter 21, verse uh, 22, sorry, verse 1 says, Sometime later, 
God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. And this is what he said, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out to the place that God had talked about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood from the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But um, where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God Himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place that God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac. This is amazing. He laid him on the altar and on top of the wood. And then he reached out his hand and he took the knife to slay his son. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram, sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide, Jehovah Jireh. And to this day on the Mount of the Lord, it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham and Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities on their enemies and through your offspring, all nations will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Amen. A lot of reading this morning, but it's a great moment in the life of Abraham. And as I share some thoughts from this passage, you can interpret it a few ways. One is that you take this message as a message to fathers and sons. Or secondly, we use it as a parable to point us to our Heavenly Father and the interaction He wants to have with His children. Personally, I pray that you take it both ways. I hope it's helpful to father-son relationships. I hope it's helpful to father-child relationships. I hope it's helpful for every uh, family home. But I also pray that we have an understanding of how God works and loves His people. And so I trust and pray that we all get something from it today. So if you're a man, woman or child in this room today, listen up because I believe there's something 
for us today. But let's pray first. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You that it does not change and it will not end. And I just pray that You would anoint my words to help me speak and You'd help us to hear and see what You're saying through this message today. And we ask that in Jesus' Name. Amen. So a few thoughts on this particular Father's Day that I believe we can glean from the life of Abraham. And there's just a few this morning I wanna go through and some things that we can learn. The first thing is simply this, that we can see that Abraham's devotion with God. In verse one, it says this, that God spoke to Abraham and Abraham spoke to God. That's communication. That's conversation. And that's how relationships are formed. It's not just one party, it's two parties. God spoke to Abraham, Abraham spoke to God. Do you know this world, is, is, uh, God is in love with this world and wants to have a relationship with this whole world. The Bible says it this way, He sent His Son because He was in love with the whole world. But not everyone in this world has a relationship with God because a relationship takes two. God is pouring out His heart, pouring out His Spirit, pouring out His love to this nation, but not everyone responds. And so there is no relationship. And Christianity in its purest, simplest form is about having a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And we see that's what was taking place here. Abraham had a deep relationship, deep devotion with God. We serve an ever-present God. God is always present. He longs to be with us. He longs to do life with us. He doesn't wanna see us do life alone. From the very beginning of time, He said, it's not good that man be alone. He wants to do life with us. The Bible says He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. But this is what I know to be true. While He never leaves us, we can leave Him. And we can ignore Him. We can turn our back on Him. He will never leave us. He always keeps the door open. But if we choose to shut that door, that's on us. And so to all the dads here, I wanna say this, give God your presence. God has given us His presence, but it's our opportunity to give Him our presence. One of my earliest memories as a child growing up is seeing my dad first thing in the morning reading his Bible. Before he did anything else, he would always put God first. And that shaped my worldview. That shaped my thinking. I always knew that he loved me, but man, he had this love and this intimacy with God. How did I know that? Because he put him first. And it shaped the way I was thinking. As a dad myself, I've tried to model that. I have three children. In actual fact, more recently, uh, my oldest daughter and son-in-law have been living with us since lockdown and uh, they've get the opportunity to see some of our patterns. And I've always desired to set a model in this regard, just as my dad set a model for me because it shaped my thinking. So let's put God first. Let's allow Him into our life. And what I wanna say too to the dads, and obviously this implies to everyone in the room, if you're a Christian, put God first. Don't, don't just leave Him on the shelf. Don't ignore Him because He wants your presence. But when it comes to being a natural dad, give your kids your presence. See, kids, I know they say they want a lot of things, but ultimately they don't want things, they want you. They don't want presence, they want your presence. All relationships need your time. If you're gonna have a healthy marriage, if you're gonna have a healthy interaction with your children, if you're gonna have a healthy interaction with other people, it's gonna take something of your time. We have to prioritise our time. Work can't always be the reason why you can't get together as a family. You ask most men, most dads today, how are you going? And they'll say, we're busy. Well, there's a difference between being busy and effective. There's a difference between busyness and effectiveness. 
We want to be effective dads. We want to be effective husbands. We want to be effective wives. And we want to be effective, healthy families. Are you with me? See, all relationships need time. We see that Jesus, when He was choosing the 12, this is what it says. He says He chose the 12 that He might be with them. It's an amazing thing. There was lots of conversations that took place. There was lots of teaching that took place. There was lots of correction that took place. But initially, first and foremost, Jesus chose them because He wanted to hang with them. Because He's committed to relationship. Why did He choose the 12 apostles to build the church? Yes, but first and foremost, just to be with them. Why did you get married? I'm sure it was to be with them. So why is it that we allow work and all these other pursuits to get in the way of our relationship? I know when we walked down the aisle, it was that we might spend the rest of our lives together. And so I wanna encourage you, let's give those in our world our presence. Today, by way of example, instead of just shooting off, we have an opportunity to hang as a church family. If we're gonna strengthen our, uh, our relationships one to another, you're not gonna do it just staring to the back of somebody's head listening to me. It's actually gonna take interaction. And we have an incredible cafe space. We have an incredible space outside where we can hang. So I'd encourage you, when you come to church, put a little bit of extra time in your diary to stay a little bit longer so that you can hang and build those relationships. Because relationships take not only time, they take your time. They take my time. So let's commit to the gift of presence this Father's Day. Amen. Secondly, we see that uh, Abraham was also received direction from God. It was not just about devotion with God, but also direction from God. He said, take your son and sacrifice him. See, the Bible is not just a devotional. It's also a directional. Many of us talk about what was your devotions like this morning? Oh, God loves me. That, that's great. That is awesome. And, and we're going to do great things. And I'm the head and not the tail. That's awesome. I love those devotions. But if you read the whole Bible, you're going to see there's some deeper things. There's some direction going on. And, and, and God is being very directive. He loves Abraham. He's got a relationship with Abraham. But now He's being very directive. This is what I want you to do. And God has given us some direction as believers. See, God's Word... So the Bible contains God's Word, His will and His ways. It's not just His Word, it's His will and His ways. And His ways, I don't know about you, but don't always make sense to me. And I'm sure at this moment in Abraham's life, when he said, take your son and sacrifice him, I'm sure Abraham's thinking, that doesn't make sense to me. Because this was the promised child. Abraham had waited 25 plus years for this child. And now he's saying, you want me to sacrifice? This does not make sense to Abraham in this moment. And I want to tell you, if you follow God long enough, eventually there's going to be some things He asks of you and some direction He gives that doesn't make sense to you. And the reason is, is because we have limited understanding. Our understanding is limited and God sees things that we don't. And before you get too upset with God, just think about it for a moment as parents, because this moment is just like us being a parent. We know things our kids don't. Don't we? Some of you go, I know that's true, but I'm not going to say it because it's going to dob me in when it comes to God asking me to do something. But that's the truth. Just like we know some things that our kids don't and we just give them some direction, God likewise knows some things we don't. He knew that He had that whole situation in hand and it was a test on Abraham and he wanted to see what Abraham would do. Did he really have faith in God? Because God knows the beginning from the end. 
And so the Bible is not just a devotional, it's a directional. And in the Bible are some things that God is very specific about. And He's not a party pooper that just wants to ruin our fun. He's a God who knows best. He's God who knows best. See, we know things our kids don't. And our role as parents, particularly as dads, is to bring direction. No one likes discipline. But discipline is one of those signs that we love our kids. We know God loves us because He disciplines us. And a good, healthy parent will discipline their children because it's a sign of love. We were having dinner last night. Nat was out at a Bucks night, but Jordan happened to be there. And we're having a quick meal together. And uh, I don't know, out of the blue, Jordan quoted something that apparently we as parents said many, many times. I remember lots of things I've said as a parent, but obviously there's some things I've forgotten. And uh, this is what she said. She said, oh, I'll never forget the thing you used to say, like a mantra over and over again. When, uh, I was, when Jordan was being stroppy, which was the case on more than one occasion, uh, because kids do that, and, and, and she pushed the boundaries. And uh, she reminded us of my go-to line. And it was this, Jordan, there's a lot of 40-year-olds out there who haven't learnt this lesson. And it doesn't go away. It just gets older. And as it gets older, it gets uglier. So you may as well deal with this right now. You don't want to be a 40-year-old with no friends. I said, did we say that? She said, all the time. And Kath and I were laughing. I honestly don't remember saying that, but it's, it, it does sound like something I would say. But I don't remember the specifics. But I'm so grateful for those conversations because what Jordan reminded me of what we said is true. It's true. As a pastor, we're paying taxes on people in their 30s, 40s, 50s and 60s because lessons were not learned way back when. And so parents, I want to encourage you to stand strong and not give up to the politically correct ways of doing parenting these days. Parents are losing their rights by the day and we need to stand strong, not be belligerent, not be rude, be kind and caring, but be firm and strong nonetheless. Amen. Third thing we learn from Abraham's life is he was his submission to God. Not only was he devoted, not only did he receive direction, but he actually submitted to God. He says, the next morning, Abraham got up and went. I mean, this is amazing. Something that would not have made sense to Abraham. He actually responded within 24 hours to this massive ask that was on his life. In other words, he didn't just hear it, he did it. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 17, it says, The world and all its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God, it's not just believing, it's actually actions it out, fleshes it out, will live forever. James chapter 2 says, You show me your faith and I'll show you my faith by what I do. God wants us to action our words. He wants us to action what we say. It's not enough just to say it. We need to follow it up with action and surrender our will to His, much like we saw Jesus do in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, Father, if this cup can be removed from me, so be it. He's sweating droplets of blood. This is a high pressure situation for Jesus. But He concludes, not my will, but yours be done. And He picked up His cross. And He's told us to pick up our cross. And I want you to know that that cross will be different for different people. I think sometimes we finally surrender to the will of God for our lives. We finally agree to pick up the cross. Then we try and give that cross to everyone else. The reality is what is a cross for me may not be a cross for you. And what's a cross for you may not be a cross for me. But the Bible says we all have to pick up our cross 
from time to time. For Abraham, it was his son. But how's this for thought? For Isaac, it was actually laying down his life. At this stage and age in Isaac's life, he was old enough and strong enough to take his dad out, to say no and to fight him off. But he allowed his father to bind him and place him on the altar, which is mind-blowing. Both had a cross to carry. Now, what, what, what's, what's worse? What's, what's more brutal? The, the thought of being killed or the thought of actually killing your son? I mean, it's just like, both are horrific and they both surrendered. Different crosses, but they both picked up their cross. And when it comes to parenting, we have different crosses. When we raise our children, we've got three children, they're all different. Jordan's our oldest, BJ's our youngest. And one of the biggest conversations we've had is, it's not fair, you let the youngest one do things you never let me do. Any parents out there can relate to that? And say, but Jordan, your cross is different. Because there's a different expectation. There's a different responsibility on your life. I said, have you ever thought about the pressure BJ has to put up with, having two older siblings getting stuck into her. You've never had to live with that. You've always been top dog. I'm preaching now. You know I'm preaching, girlfriend. You know, I hope you're listening. And so it's different. It's different. And so if we parent every child exactly the same, we're gonna miss some things. And if we pander to that, it's not fair, Life is not fair. In actual fact, I'm glad life is not fair because if we got what we deserve, we would all have eternal damnation, separated from God. God, by His design, gives an opportunity to come to Him. I'm glad we don't get what we deserve. I'm so glad because I deserve hell, but because of a choice that God created and I responded to, I get heaven. I am glad. Are you with me this morning? The fourth thing we can learn from Abraham's life is the provision of God. Isaac says, Dad, where's the lamb? Now, he may have just been a naive question. It could have been a sneaking suspicion that something's wrong. Um, why are you looking at me like that, Dad? And why do I feel so uneasy? Where, where's the lamb? And Abraham, as cool as you like, says, the Lord will provide. That is faith. And as a result, as we've read already, Abraham went to sacrificed his son, was stopped by the angel and there in the thicket, there in the bush was a lamb stuck in the bush with it by its horns and they were able to sacrifice the lamb instead of the son. See, the blessing of God comes when we hand our children over to God. When you hold on and try and keep it all to yourself, we miss the blessing of God. It's far better to be open-handed now, I, I believe every one of us as, as parents should love our children, but let's never forget they don't belong to us. They belong to God. Our children are a gift from God. And when we find ourselves in a tough situation, know this, that God will provide. I think about our early years when Kath and I travelled much with what we do and, and uh, having the, uh, the sad moments of having to say goodbye to our kids. And God always provided, whether it was babysitters, whether it was people in our world to help out in those seasons. And I'm so grateful. Now, I'm not talking about neglecting your kids. Uh, there were things we did around that when we knew we were going to be away. We did things before. We did things straight after. But I'm so grateful that God always provided for us. And the last one today is simply this, the declaration of God. The declaration. The angel said, because you have done this, you will be blessed. 
And we see that Abraham became a father, not only of a nation, but he became the father of a multitude. This is what I know. God wants to bless you. And I can't prescribe what that blessing is going to look like. And please, again, it's not a one size fits all. Don't look at someone else's blessing and say, why hasn't God done that for me? I just I always remember one guy who was in our church. He passed away. He's going to be with the Lord some 20 years ago. But he was in our church for most of the church up until that time. And he was a very wealthy businessman. And God seemed to bless his business. But he wanted to quit smoking. And he just could not get the victory in quitting smoking. And in that time, he was trying his best to quit smoking. Someone came off the street, gave their life to Jesus and was a drug addict was involved heavily in smoking and got instantly, radically delivered of all of that. All of a sudden, overnight, the addiction was gone. And I remember this businessman come to me, he says, it's not fair. How can she come in for such a short period of time when I've been a Christian for so many years and, and she gets instantaneously delivered from the addiction of drugs and smoking? I, I just wanna give up smoking. I said, you've forgotten your blessing of finance. I'm not here to prescribe what the blessing looks like for you, but I know God is committed to you and He wants to bless you. And if we are open to His ways, we may find actually it will come in the form of peace. In actual fact, I think if you have peace in this crazy world right now, that makes you a very rich person. And I believe God wants to bless you with peace. I believe He wants to bless you with joy. I believe He wants to bless you with hope. I believe He wants to bless you with health. I believe He wants to bless you with relationships. I do believe He wants to bless you in your businesses. He wants to bless you financially, spiritually, emotionally, relationally. I do believe that, but I can't prescribe what that is for you. Let's believe for all of it. But if we don't get all of it, let's, let's just grab a hold of the blessings that are ours. And if nothing else on this Father's Day, just, just be grateful for the people that are in your world. Just be grateful for what you have in your hand right now. Sometimes we live so much in the future, we forget what we've got right here, right now. Can we just take a moment right now just to thank God and just and think about and reflect upon what we have right here, right now. See, God is a perfect Father. Unlike me, unlike any parent in this room, unlike any parent on the planet right now, He is perfect in every way. And He wants to be with you. He wants to lead you and help you and bless you. But He waits for a response from us. What makes the story of Abraham so powerful is that we have a powerful God and a powerful response from Abraham. We have Him, when we have Him, we have to, so in order to have Him, we have to surrender to Him. In order to get the blessing that Abraham received, it's on the back end of a surrender, a surrender to Him. Maybe today as you've come, maybe just talking about fatherhood has invoked some of those emotions, some of that anger, some of that undealt with stuff. That's fine. I'm so glad you're here. We would rather you come in a state of unhealthiness. We'd rather you come to church in a state of anger than not come at all. You are not here by accident today. You are here by God's will and God's design. And I'm so glad that you're here this morning. And if this message has created a little bit of angst or a little bit of pain, I'm sorry, but I want you to hear this. God knows, God sees, and God wants to help you. That, that, pain, that knot in your stomach, that hurt, God wants to help you with it. And the only way He can help you with it is if we open up our heart and give it to Him. 
You may never have opened up your life to God ever before. You may have never opened up a world of faith ever before. In just a moment, I wanna lead us in a prayer that can begin a faith journey for you. Maybe there are some in the room that like the prodigal son, had a relationship with God, turned your back on Him, walked away. But even in that, God is for you. God sees you. God knows you. And He wants you to turn around and come back home. Right here, right now. So I'm gonna ask if everyone just close their eyes just for a moment. As we contemplate, think and reflect on where we're at with God. What is your relationship with God, the Father, like right now? Because it can be intimate, it can be close if we choose to respond. And so if that's you, you're saying, I, I wanna respond. Or like the prodigal son, I wanna come home, I wanna come back to God today. I realise there's nothing out there for me apart from God. I realise that my life is to be done with Him. I'd love to lead you in a prayer and I'd love you to pray this prayer after me. And if we could do that as a church family, while those are praying it for the first time or coming back to Jesus, that'd just be phenomenal. Because I believe in a moment like this, no one should pray alone. So you ready to pray? Let's pray this prayer together with faith. Jesus, I thank You for loving me. I thank You for dying for my sins. I desire to know You more. I open my heart to You. I surrender to You. Forgive me of all of my sins. Show me Your ways. Help me to live for You. In Jesus' Name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Can we put our hands together today for those responding to Jesus? What a great day to respond to Jesus on Father's Day 2021. If that is you, if that is you, you're saying yes to Jesus, either for the first time or as someone returning back to Jesus. If you're online and you said yes to Jesus, just click the I said yes button because we'd love to get you God's Word. Put it in your hand. If you're in the room today, you can collect this Bible by either scanning the QR code on the seat pocket in front of you or alternatively go straight out to the Here to Help stand and we'll make sure you get this Bible because in the Bible contains His Word, His will and His ways. It's gonna help you develop a relationship with God. Amen. So please take advantage of that. That would be fantastic. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.